Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I am one of those weird, unusual people that think that words matter. (laughs) It matters what people say, why they say it, and how they say it. For example, I have helped several churches and organizations put together or update their constitution and bylaws. Many people would think that watching paint dry would be more entertaining than going through an organization's policies and bylaws and making them better and more relevant. But it is, it's, it's always interesting to me when, when I go through an old set of bylaws and see weird things that were placed in there because of something that the organization, uh, something that happened in their, in their history. Usually this happens after a major conflict or, or something like that. And, and that is to me like closing the barn door after the horse got out. I mean, you don't, you know, you, you change the policy after you had the conflict, right? When a church or organization goes through something really difficult, they should be able to turn to their policies and their bylaws and see a roadmap of what is to be done and, and that what was laid out ahead of time when cooler heads prevail. It, it's, it is organizations that put the, the boring, meticulous work uh, in ahead of time that end up surviving through times and political power plays. Part of why communication has broken down so badly in this country, and I think we can all agree with that, is that many times we are saying the same words, but meaning different things. If I said the, the, the word equity to you, many of you would, uh, would think of something like, like equal, that something is equal. But that is not the case for many that use that word. You, you may think of it as, as everyone has the opportunity for doing something um, no matter what their age, their gender, or their race. But that, that's the definition of equality, not equity. Equity means that there is the same outcome of something. It, if I have a box of a dozen donuts, for example. I mean, I mean, like, like, you know, those, those Bavarian cream ones. Oh, they're so good. The chocolate's on top, the cream's inside. Those are my favorite. And if I have a, a, a box of a dozen of those donuts, because I've worked hard and I've saved my money and, and I've watched my diet <laughs> and now I can indulge in these sweet, tasty delights. It is not equitable that I have those dozen donuts, especially since there are others that are systemically marginalized and historically disadvantaged and don't have as much money as I have and have not watched their weight like I have and so don't have a dozen Bavarian cream donuts. There there was equality, but not equity. There was equal opportunity, just not equal outcome. You see, they had the opportunity to buy those 
if they had done what I had done, but they didn't, and so there was not equal outcome. Many leftists would say that this is not fair and that I need to give my donuts to others to make things equitable. Many shout this to others as as a way of virtue signaling, signaling and showing others just how much they care and this type of thing, right? With this in mind, I came across a library system. I was actually asked to to go over this policy and uh, and 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 tell them what I think. And it was uh, it was a proposed change to their policy. Actually, uh, it is their equity policy. Um, it's part of their manual, and they and they are making changes to it so that they can continue to have their drag queen story hours for young children. And when I started to read the policy many questions started to come to mind. Today, I want to share with you, this with you, not because I think you are interested in some random library's policy manual, but, but because it is a great opportunity to show just how ridiculous and illogical all of this equity, diversity, and inclusion propaganda really is. I think you'll find it quite interesting. And hopefully, it also highlights the absurdity of many of these liberal policies that are around you. So before we get started, let's define a few words so we can make sure that we are all on the same page speaking the same language. First of all, inequity. That, that's an easy one. We, we just kind of covered it. It, it. it is a noun, and it's the, the definition really literally is lack of fairness or justice. Um, and, and the uh, equity of outcome is what we're talking about, not equal opportunity. If I have five books on rocks, let's say, but only four on birds, then I do not have equity. Now, equality is equal opportunity, not equal outcome. Again, exa- an example of this would be that I have books about rocks. And as long as all races and sexes have access to those books on rocks, then it's fair because they have they, they have equality of opportunity to those books, right? You can even go and look at Global Health Europe's definition of it. And it says, inequality refers to unfair, avoidable differences arising from poor governance, corruption, or cultural exclusion. So let's look at system, uh, systematic. So, or systemic, actually. Systemic is an adjective. Um, and, and, it's, and it says, the definition here, relating to a system, especially as opposed to a particular part. So when you hear the word systemic, uh, then you know that, that, that they're talking about an entire system or a whole. It's not a part. It's not one person being racist or whatever. It's sy- systemic racism is a whole entire system. Everything is just oozing with racism. How about marginalized? That's a fun word they love to throw around. And, and it is an adjective, and it does mean treated as in- insignificant insignificant, um, peripheral even. So we'll be using that and hopefully we are on the same page, right? That people are 
treated insignificantly. How about diversity? Well, that's a noun, as many of you know. And the, it says the practice or equality of including or involving people from a range of different social and ethnic backgrounds and of different genders, sexual orientations, etc. Okay. That, that would be a definition. Um, and again, it, it talks about the practice or quality of including or involving everyone. And how about, uh, lastly, inclusion? Well, that's a noun. And the action or state of including or being included within a group or structure. So it's everybody being included together, no being, being excluded. All right, so let's get right straight to the policy. Now, this is uh, from a, a library system called the FVR Libraries, and it's the FVR Libraries Equity policy that we're going to be going through. And it states its purpose right up front, which is kind of interesting. It says, Fort uh, Vancouver Regional Libraries, that's the FVR, Fort Vancouver Regional Libraries recognizes that inequities exist and historically have not been identified or addressed within our organization and the communities we serve. Okay, let's stop there. What inequities currently exist? What specific things are unfair or unjust about those libraries? What specific inequities have not been historically identified or addressed? Are, are, are these specific inequities different within that library system and the communities? And, and why are we making a policy that goes against the communities that they serve? Why are they making policy for their communities really at all? All right, moving on with the policy. The policy, this, this policy, it says, this is right straight from, from their own manual. This policy implements FVR Libraries Equality Statement. The FVRL's equality statement is this. FVR Libraries uh, are committed to the work of creating equity in our communities by becoming an organization that listens to and acts upon the perspectives and experiences of people from systemically marginalized groups in our decision-making, policies, and practices. All right, let's stop there. Since this is a FVR library policy by which they can actually be taken to court over, right? Because this is a policy. If they don't follow it, they can be taken to court over it. And, and the question here is, should this policy be as specific as possible? I mean, obviously, this isn't really all that specific. And so I can see definitely them open themselves up for liability here. Why is this library system committed to the work of creating an 
equal outcome of everything related to resources and services and employment. Why are they doing that? Why are they, as, as, a, as a library board, because that's who, who has to, to approve of these type of policy changes, why are they as a library board committed to changing their community? Is, is that their job as a library system to change their community? Or, or, or are they to serve their community, especially since they are funded by that very community, right? They're supposed to serve that community. I would think not change that community. Is the, is the job of the FVRL to create equal outcomes in their community? Or is it to create equal opportunities within their own libraries? And, and why are they not committed to, to listen to everyone? I mean, that's in their thing. That's in their policy. They're supposed to listen to everyone. And how are they not committed to listening to everyone now. And that's what a board does, right? Um, are they not listening to people that come to their meetings, let's say? Why, why are they, you know, slinging out certain and, and singling out certain groups of people to listen to? Because it says here that they're supposed to listen to some people and not listen to others. When, when they say that they will act upon the perspectives of experiences of people, are they not saying that they will do what they want no matter the validity of the request? So in other words, if they are just listening to people and then they have, the policy says, they have to listen to them and act upon it. So... Does that mean that they have to act upon it no matter what the validity of the request is? If I say that, that the, the library system should uh, you know, provide me with a ham sandwich every Wednesday, does, do, do they have to do that? And, and, and if they do not act upon their, pers- their perspectives, as they put it in here, then are they going against their own policy? If, if one person experiences something that is totally different than, than everyone else, then why are they required to act? If, if a couple of non-white people who know very little about their policies and practices but have a feeling about something having to do with their library system, why would they have to act on their feelings? Who specifically is systemically marginalized, as it says here? How is this marginalization systemic? Since systemic refers to the whole system, how is this marginalization systemic within this library system? it, It would behoove them to be as specific as they can, both within their system and their community when they're answering this type of question. How have have people been treated as insignificant within their system? Who specifically has voiced this kind of thing to the library? So why would it even be in this policy? They need to be specific about what it is currently and what it has been historically, if that's what they're saying, that it was historically this way. What decisions, policies, and practices have been 
changed since adoption of this policy? What, what has been the effectiveness of these changes? Because you can just change something for the sake of change or to show how woke you are. But what's the effectiveness of that? And what data can be shown to support this effectiveness? What, what priority or weight are, are they giving to this policy in making the decisions? Are they to prioritize it over the, the right decision for all patrons? I mean, if it says they're supposed to listen to and act upon the experiences and perspectives of everyone, then that doesn't leave very much room to make the actual right decision. It just means you're reacting to whoever has the loudest voice. And are they to make sure that when they hire someone based on equal outcome, that it's it's not the most qualified? I mean, mo- majority of time, if you're hiring somebody, you want to see the most qualified. You don't want to just see what is the most equal when it comes to equity. It, it goes on. It says the FVRL libraries continually promotes equity, diversity, and inclusion by identifying and eliminating barriers impacting our staff and the public by supporting broader public access to library programs, resources, and services, and by providing the public and staff opportunities for growth through employment and education. All right, let's stop there. Why is it equal outcome? Why is equal outcome included in a policy with diversity and inclusion? They don't really go together. I mean, they they almost work against each other. I mean, why would we want to promote equal outcome instead of equal opportunities? With with limited resources, how, how can they add services for one group without adding services for all groups? And they're definitely not going to be able to cover all groups. Specifically, what what barriers are there that impact their staff and public? I mean, what what what's what's blocking staff and the pub, public, and and what what are what are these barriers blocking them from? How are they impacting their staff and the public? And who currently does does not have access to library? programs. I mean, that just doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? What What is being done about this? I mean, if this is truly what's happening, what's being done about it? And who does not have access to, to libraries and resources currently? I mean, if, if there are people that do not, then they need to be identified and, and, and something to be done about it. So what's being done about it? What kind of growth are, are we talking about with this library system? And, and, and what kind of growth is, is the library system responsible for? How does, how does their employment promote growth in someone? If, I, if I'm employing somebody, how, how, is, how is it my responsibility to make sure that they grow? And, and how do I do that? What kind of growth are we striving for within this policy, for instance? How does employment of, of staff eliminate barriers impacting staff and the public? How does that happen? I mean, if we are to eliminate barriers, how is, how is that impacting those people? What does education look like that would eliminate barriers impacting the staff and the public? 
and and how are they to measure the effectiveness of this education? Because you can you can throw all kinds of stuff at them. I mean, you you can you can come up with all kinds of consultants and everything else, but how does that how is that um, if effectiveness? How is that being monitored? It goes on and says, as a key component of building and supporting our organizational culture, the libraries will engage staff in EDI training, equity, diversity, and inclusion training, uh, learning, self-reflection, and discussion in an effort to do this work. All right, here's some here's some more questions. What is organizational structure? Now, I understand every every organization has kind of a character, but what is what is their organizational structure and how how do we engage that staff in those things? Who, who selects that EDI training and how do they know if the training is building and supporting their organizational culture? If we don't even know what the culture is and even if we do, how do we know that the training is doing that? And what if it promotes racism? instead as as many edi trainings do and how is the effectiveness of these trainings measured what what training is is not get, given in place of the edi training so in other words if if we're we're giving this edi training then it's got to come at a cost to other training what other training is not being done because of it how are we currently engaging staff to learn and self-reflect and discuss organizational culture because that's what it says they have to do. This policy says that this policy applies to all library staff volunteers, including members of the board of trustees and all library policies, practices, and activities. So to what extent do these individuals need to adhere to this policy? Do they need to provide EDI training for volunteers, let's say? And if so, what if these volunteers are minors? Are their parents notified or asked to to give permission to go through EDI training? And here's definitions. They they include a definition thing. And this is really this is kind of interesting. The the various terms they say this is this is their under their definition section. The various terms and definitions used in this policy can be found in the equity toolkit glossary. And then it says in brackets, coming soon. <laughs> so then you look up the you, you look up when this policy was enacted for the first time. This policy was approved by the Board of Trustees in September 20, 20th of 2021. So why are the terms and the definitions still a work in progress? Who's responsible for that work? Why why did the, the policy get approved without even definitions? So we we adopted a policy and we don't even know what we're talking about. We don't know what the words mean. How, how can we hold staff and volunteers accountable without definitions to the policy? And when are the definitions expected to be finalized and published? These are all questions that should be asked of them. And it says under administration, it says the executive director is responsible for the administration of this policy for establishing administrative procedures for the implementation and for making the policy available for the public at each branch via the library's website. So the questions arise. How has the policy been administered to this point by the executive director? Why is this an executive director duty in the first place? And how is it a one-size-fits-all approach 
better than local con- a local control approach. In other words, if there is something that's happening at the at one particular library that yeah, you know the the board of directors sh- should be looking into, why are we doing a one size fits all equity, diversity, and inclusion policy? when you should just handle that that uh, on a, a case-by-case basis and keep local control. What administrative procedures have been implemented from the executive director? And does any responsibility for implementing procedures fall upon the local library? And how is the policy made available at each library branch currently? How specifically does, does making this policy available at each library benefit the library or the public in the first place? All right, moving on to um, severability, and they, they, they talk here about, um, it, it's a severability clause. It's basically, it's a policy where um, just because one part of the whole thing uh, gets thrown out, let's say even <laughs> if it's taken to court or whatever, then it means that it, you, can't, you don't throw the whole policy out. It goes on to continuance. The, the board of trustees uh, hereby declares it's, uh, intention that the provisions of this policy shall be uh, con- continued and applied, uh, the provisions, yada, 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 yada. So uh, my question is, why is this policy so vague? I mean, why have a policy that looks like, you know, to the public that you're just virtue signaling? That that doesn't do any good for a board. And what happens if the policy is not followed? You see, they they they, they come at this with saying that, hey, you know what? We want to have this drag queen story hour. And so we're going to put this policy thing together so we can have it. But, you know, so we, we can say when people come to us, oh, well, you can't have drag queen story hour. That That's not good for kids. And then because uh, it's, it's age inappropriate. But they say, well, but it's in our policy because it's so vague. They can say that. And then, of course, something else is brought up that that, uh, you know, well, then why aren't we having Bible studies in, in the uh, and, and you promoting that within your libraries? And they'll, and they'll say, oh, well, we can't have that because it's in the policy that everything needs to be fair. So it's that it's that vague. So they can just say what they want when they want it or come against something when they don't want it. It says and, and, and this whole thing brings up a few questions since the policy states that they are to be equitable, not not equal, how do they measure that? How, how are they to have the same number of books, 50, 50 on, on, on black history and white history? Is that what, is that what they're supposed to have? Or is it having 13.4% of, of the black population of books? Um, because that's what the black population is in, in, in the whole U S or in this particular County, it's 2.2% black. So should they only have 2.2% black history books and is that equitable and when when do they need a certain percentage of the books in the library on black history uh, to be counted uh, for the entire system what happens if the population of the group changes and goes up or down when do they remove books on black history or uh, you know add books according to the numbers how often do do they change the numbers for each group um, is it with the U.S. Census? Uh, wouldn't the same number be equitable if 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 they have five white employees to be equitable? Would would do they uh, need five empl- uh, uh, employees of every ethnicity in 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 this you know, according to this policy? Right? If they have uh, one group of people that has has more, do they do they? fire some people or do they hire others or how does that work do do they calculate how do they calculate the numbers based on 
on system-wide percentages, or is it individual library figures? Uh, if they are promoting one group of people and it marginalizes another group of people, what do they do? For example, if they have the LGBTQIA2S plus celebration day and it, and it offends the Muslim community, do, does their promotion of that and, and the resources and the materialized, um, materials, does it marginalize the Muslim community even further from the library system? Do, do they have uh, equity of materials? For example, do, do, do they have the same number of, of resources for Filipino communities and, and other communities? What, what constitutes a certain group of resources? If a, if a history book contains a chapter on black history, is that considered black, a black history book? Or does 13.4% of the book have to deal with black history? Can a book be considered both black and white history? Does a, does a non-book resource count bo, you know, towards the, the number of materials for a certain systemic marginalized group? Or does that non-book resource have to be equitable by themselves? How many different systemically marginalized groups are there? And how do we make sure that all of these groups have equity within the system? Does a systemically marginalized group go beyond just race and sex? Do, do the elderly classify as a systemically marginalized group, you know, such as ageism? Do minors classify as a systemically marginalized group, since many are and, and, and are made to feel insignificant and peripheral? And if so, how do we keep materials age appropriate? Does each category of book have to be equitable? Do neutral books bring down the percentage of books systemically for a system systemically marginalized group? Does the material about systemically marginalized groups count as much as those just for systemically marginalized groups? So, so if if the LGBTQIA2S plus is considered a systemically marginalized group, what groups do we include in the acronym? I mean, there are others that you could include in there. Uh, obviously, people who uh, would, would like to, their, their sexual orientation goes more toward, uh, you know, minors and things like that, pedophilia. Um, you know, for hiring purposes, what constitutes a person of a certain people group? Can uh, a person be considered to be a part or more than, of more than one group? Uh, what percentage of of ethnicity does a staff member have to have to be considered in a in a certain systemically marginalized people group? Does a candidate or current employee have to promote uh, have to prove through DNA testing or anything like that that they are actually of that race? If so, what happens if that person's DNA test results come back a little bit different, as DNA results often do? How does a, a, a person prove that they are part of a sexually systemic marginalized group? Since sexually, sexual identity is admittedly fluid for, for many people, does the employee have to report this to HR and what happens when they do? And does that, does that mean they get fired if they suddenly are part of a, a group that has too many? Does this, po does, does this policy marginalize or, as I said before, threatened to make insignificant many people that are considered to be a systemically marginalized group? So as you can see, I didn't really answer these questions. I simply asked questions based on the current proposed policy. These equity, diversity, and inclusion policies are just a result of an entire industry that has grown up around these woke activists. There is not much money in protesting. 
But that leads to consultants that are hired by companies and governments and organizations that pay a pretty penny for many of these people to propose this kind of thing. This particular library system actually pays their consultant $70,000 a year. And I'm sure this system is not the only one on their payroll. It's time to stop trying to placate the left's the leftist liberals of this world, and to actually make sure that equal is not equitable. And you may agree or disagree, you're always invited to start the conversation at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening.